You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody York and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. morning and happy friday broncos country i want to take the time to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the show if it's your morning commute you got a cup of coffee in your hand you're in traffic waiting to get to work to the office today on a beautiful friday here in colorado it's cold or hopefully you're in a warmer area on the western side of the united states and if you're in the midwest hopefully you're staying warm and and hopefully lockdown broncos can keep you guys warm today your daily broncos podcast brought to you over here at the lockdown podcast network giving you the best insight and coverage of all things orange and blue we reached a hundred reviews on itunes a perfect five-star rating want to thank everybody that tunes into the show if you didn't catch it on twitter yesterday we actually exceeded our expectation our our goal that we had set at the beginning of the year for twenty-five thousand total downloads on the year we finished the month of January with almost 28,000 downloads. We're at 27,700-something downloads. I mean, that's just amazing. So Broncos country, like always, thank you so much for your daily support here on your daily Broncos podcast. Today's episode of the show is a big one. It's Friday. We got a lot of things to be excited about. Some Broncos-related news today. It's our Broncos Friday Reddit session, taking some of the key topics that Broncos fans are discussing, and we're channeling it into our discussion here on a very special Friday. Friday episode of the show. If you're at work and it's at two o'clock feeling, you're looking at the clock, you're getting ready to clock out. Hopefully you have a safe trip home. Or if you're listening in the office, hey, I appreciate the hustle. Love every single one of you guys here in Broncos country. Today's episode of the show, segments one, two, and three. We're going to talk about various topics. You know, we're going to talk about Pat Bowen. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit more. We're going to talk about Von Miller and kind of his reaction. He was able, you know, going around media row and everything like that here at the Super Bowl weekend. He was able to talk about, you know, the the trade speculation, the whole thing where, you know, his mom and her her post very defending her son. Um, We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Champ Bailey. We're going to talk about some other Broncos news today as we go through and we get our Broncos topics of the day over there at reddit.com slash r slash Denver Broncos, the subreddit site for the Denver Broncos. I highly encourage you guys, if you don't have a Reddit account, download it on the App Store, create an account, subscribe to the Broncos subreddit, and enjoy great conversation with a large community of Broncos fans. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the National Football League and the Denver Broncos. I'm also a columnist for the fan-sided networks, predominantlyorange.com. And I, I tell you what, I appreciate all the love, appreciate all the support. You guys, we're, we're getting close to 10,000 followers over there on Twitter at my Twitter feed, at Cody Rourke NFL. The moment we hit 10,000 followers, I promise you, we're doing a jersey giveaway. So tell your friends to give me a follow. I'll follow them back. Broncos Country NFL community, shoot me a follow at Cody Rook NFL. So let's get into it today. We, you know, Reddit is a great place. Like I said, if you don't have the Reddit app, go ahead and get on it now. But there's some interesting topics that we can talk about. I mean, Cameron and I, yesterday, we gave you guys our Super Bowl picks. I think right now the consensus is, is that the Broncos, uh, not the Broncos, the Rams, the Los Angeles Broncos, according to that, we're all rooting for uh, Akita Tlaib, Wade Phillips, obviously against Tom Brown. 
Brady. But uh, I think the consensus was that we have the Rams winning that matchup. We got some fan feedback as well. Um, I'd say on Thursday about the Rams and a couple couple of people saying the Patriots are going to win and it would just be cool to not see the Patriots win again. I mean, every year the Patriots make it. I mean, we're AFC. They're always making it somehow unless they're playing the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship. It'd be nice to see Aqib Tlaib win another ring. Now, some storylines for this Sunday's Super Bowl matchup, which airs at CBS at 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call as well. That'll be a very exciting factor to it. If you like the commercials as well, that's even an added plus. It'd be even better if the Broncos were playing in this year's Super Bowl. But hopefully next year, the Broncos make it back. So let's let's talk about uh, some things around the National Football League right now. I think to touch base a little bit on the matchup, I I do see a lot of incidents where we're going to see Rob Gronkowski lined up on the outside. I mean, don't even be surprised in this matchup if Tom Brady and the Patriots really do a lot of things unorthodox. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of different things. We, you can't factor away the, the possibility of a three-back rotation they have with James White, Sony Michelle, and and Rex Burkhead. I mean, that has been one of their bread and butter plays. And, and Julian Edelman's been one of those guys that does contribute. Rob Gronkowski, the same exact way, but not to the real extent that Tom Brady really relies heavily on his running backs. So it's going to be very, very important to see if they match up that, you know, the running backs on the inside linebacker, the way the Saints did with Alvin Kamara one-on-one, I think it was against uh, the linebacker, inside linebacker Witherspoon. But here's the thing. With Tom Brady, you have to generate pressure. We talked about it as part of our, our game preview yesterday. You have to find a way to generate pressure. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a keep to leave cover Rob Gronkowski in this matchup. I don't think you're going to see him necessarily covering, uh, you know, a guy like Julian Edelman or Chris Hogan. I mean, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, they are smaller. They're a little quicker. They're a lot quicker than what Aqib Tlaib is accustomed to do. You could see Aqib Tlaib covering Dorsett. Uh, I just don't necessarily see that being the number one matchup that we see. I do see, though, however, I see Marcus Peters lining up against Julian Edelman or Chris Hogan, and I do see Aqib Tlaib being a guy that follows Rob Gronkowski around. Now, the question is, who is going to spy the tailbacks? That's going to be an interesting matchup. That could be a difference maker in this game. Then you flip it over on the, the Rams side of the ball. Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson, a very strong one-two punch at the running back position. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Jared Goff. Here's the thing. They like to run a lot of motion. And uh, as a defensive coordinator, you have to factor in. If you go back and you watch Rams film all year, you have to have a, a guy playing edge contain every, you know, no matter what because they do run jet sweep. But primarily, their jet sweep, their jet motion is all just window dressing. They will do jet motion from one side to the other, play action the opposite way with Jared Goff. They like to quick dump out to the flats with Higby. Um, You know, I I think at this point, I think defenses have already prepared for that. I think the Patriots defense was very aggressive this year. I mean, they were a top 10 defense in the National Football League under Brian Flores, who's going on to be the Miami Dolphins head coach after Super Bowl 53. So once it's concluded, he's going on to Miami and he's going to be facing the Patriots two times a year. So that, you know, things could change for the Patriots dynasty. It'll be interesting to see how everything kind of plays out with that. But, you know, I I think they're going to be prepared. You're going to see Patrick Chung utilized a lot in terms of covering the flats, being that guy that plays up in the box to stop the run. And you have to with a guy like Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson. So, you know, I could go a little bit more in depth with that, but we've already given our game preview. I think the game's going to come out. You know, they've had two weeks to prepare for this matchup. It's all go on Sunday, 4.30 p.m. CBS, Tony and Romo. Can't, you know, can't wait to hear him call out all players. 
play. So I've been watching a lot of film this week on both teams, not only just in the regular season, but the playoffs. You, you got to watch extensive film. I'm going to identify formations and, and I'll be live tweeting it as well. But you're not going to get the same reaction from me because I'm not on air cut, talking about it. So Tony Romo, he, he's a gem. He's a treasure. Enjoy it. He's going to give you guys a very good experience for the Super Bowl. So Broncos related news here in segment number one. Let's start it off by talking about, uh, I would like to say, you know, let's talk about Champ Bailey in terms of the Hall of Fame and, and Clinton Portis, you know, former Broncos running back, the guy that was traded to the Washington Redskins for Champ Bailey, came out today in, in orange and blue 760. And he talked, I don't know, I don't, I don't quite understand where he was coming from. And I'll read you the excerpt of what he said a little bit. But he was almost talking as if, you know, Champ Bailey can be a Hall of Fame player, but he's not an impact player the way that Clinton Portis was. And and that's kind of the premise of what he said. And, and I was a little confused by that. That was an interesting thing for me to say. And, and it sounds as if there's some salt there. That was the thing that I was looking at with what he had said. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with Clinton Portis. I think he's lost in the sauce there. But he said, you know, it was Champ Bailey in a second round pick. I mean, for some reason, he says, I went in the second round. So it was Champ Bailey in a second round pick, which turned out to be Tatum Bell. My career, Champ Bailey can't lock a game down. Okay, there's the first thing. That's where Clinton Porter's really lost me. You can't lock a game down. He locked down a whole side of the field. He was a he, he was a reason the Broncos had won a lot of games period, during his playing time there. Champ Bailey was a big reason when the Broncos were winning. Without Champ Bailey, there's some games you don't win. There, There isn't any some games that you win. Champ Bailey's 2006 season was epic from a cornerback production standpoint. His level of production exceeds anything you would expect from a cornerback in the National Football League. He really set the bar very high here. So he goes on to say, well, he really has no impact on the game outcome. That's also another lie. How many, you know, go back. Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. I believe it was 2007 or 2008, 2009. The Cowboys were in Denver. Tony Romo, he's on the goal line. It, it, you know, they have four downs to score in the end zone. Guess what? Champ Bailey, they tried Champ Bailey twice. Tony Romo did, broke up the play. The Broncos hold on goal line stand in Denver to secure a win over the Cowboys. Okay, so, so to say that Champ Bailey has no impact on the outcome of a game. Clinton Portis is lost in the sauce. But you also get lost in the sauce. And he says, well, they don't throw his way. You take Champ Bailey out of the game, you take your receiver out of the game. Okay, cool. But my impact on the game, me and Brandon Jacobs, red flag. There's the second thing. He said, me and Brandon Jacobs. We're just having this discussion the other night. My impact on the game, I've never played in any game at any level where I wasn't the focal point of the defensive coordinator. I never had the luxury of a team saying, you know what? We don't have to worry about Clinton Portis. Let's go stop somebody. That right there, I mean, Clinton Portis had some really good games as a Bronco. Don't get me wrong, but the Broncos absolutely won that trade. Anybody, if you tell me differently, I'm just, I'm sorry, I disagree with you. I, I think anybody with some logic to the the whole scenario would understand that. You know, the Broncos came away on the better end of that. So Clinton Portis goes on to say, you know, I've always been the focal point. When you look at Champ, I think he was a good player. I think he had a great career, Hall of Fame worthy, but I think his Hall of Fame nod really was the work he put in D.C., which my work, the work I put in Denver was great. Okay. Here's my deal. The work that Chad Bailey put in in Denver was much more valuable than what it, than when he was a Redskin, period. I mean, that was the thing. He was really great in, as a Redskin. Absolutely. Chad Bailey's whole career is great. That It is absolutely great. His career in Denver was phenomenal. And, and the only unfortunate thing for Chad Bailey in his career in Denver, he unfortunately didn't get to win a ring. That was one thing that bothers me. I know for Champ Bailey, it's something that, that bothers him. And I, I just think that Clinton Portis might be a little salty here. Absolutely in that whole entire thing. So I don't really agree with Clinton Portis. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what it um, what comes of it. But obviously, we'll find out here on Saturday. Tomorrow, we'll find out whether or not Champ Bailey is into the Hall of Fame. Champ Bailey 
had a chance to go around Radio Row speaking as well. And he said the whole the waiting game for being in, you know being announced to the Hall of Fame, whether or not he's good, he's going to be a Hall of Famer or not. He says it's absolutely nerve wracking. I'd say many people agree with you. And I also think this is the time where we're going to see Pat Bolin get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in segment number two coming up in just a second. But I want to remind you guys, go check out Adam Mata's and Locked on Nuggets. Adam and the Locked on Nuggets podcast just had their 400th episode. Absolutely phenomenal news. And, uh, you know, Adam puts in a tremendous amount of work, not only just for the Denver Stiffs community. He does a lot of stuff off the, you know, off the court, off the microphone to give back to the community of Denver, to give back to those who may need it. And that's a very special thing there. So DenverStiffs.com, go support them over there. Go support the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Now, a guy that the Broncos have been missing out on for some time, they've been missing him ever since he departed the Denver Broncos, you know, Wade Phillips. He's got the drip, you know, wearing the cowboy hat, honoring his father, bum. It's just, I think Broncos fans really think back to the time that we had with Wade Phillips, the short time as a defense coordinator, and the Broncos miss that. They just miss that edge defensively without him that I think a lot of them, you know, there was a lot of hype around Joe Woods being an up-and-coming defensive coordinator for the Broncos around the National Football He was generating some interest from other NFL teams when he was a defensive backs coach. He did great work with the Broncos defensive backs, absolutely. But the thing was, being a defensive backs coach, being a defensive coordinator, they're very different. It's a different level of work. You have to be able to evolve and adapt. And I just believe that Joe Woods wasn't necessarily ready for that step, especially with the great players that the Broncos had defensively. In 2018, the Broncos defense was much better than it was in 2017. And that was the unfortunate thing when we go back and, and we look at all the, the outcomes and, and how things went. You know, when you go 11 and 21 in two years and your defense gives up a lot of points, that is not the Broncos defense we've been accustomed to. You have two pass rushers in 2018. You have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb get 10 plus sacks each combined for about 25, 26 sacks total. You know, one of those guys is a rookie in the National Football League. The other guy's an eight-year veteran and, and moving up the sack leader charts. I mean, that to me tells me that the Broncos defense was heavily underutilized. You know, they, they had some good pieces about them, but their strengths of their defense weren't played to. The Broncos defensive backfield played base defense a lot. There weren't a lot of disguises. There was a lot of instances where... NFL offenses knew exactly what the Broncos were doing. Why do you think that Nick Mullins and, and Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr and the two matchups that the Broncos had against the Raiders this year was so efficient with the football. He knew where to throw the ball. He knew what spots were open, and it was frustrating because the Broncos defense couldn't get to him because you sit back in zone defense, you sit back where there's some open spots, Derek Carr's just going to launch the ball, get out of his ball out of his hand quickly in John Gruden's West Coast offense. That was the thing, and it worked against the Broncos. You go through and you look week to week at the Raiders' matchups, there were times where they didn't have that type of success throwing the football. But against the Denver Broncos, it it just looked too easy. And granted, you didn't have Chris Harris Jr. for that second matchup. Losing Chris Harris Jr. was a huge thing as well for the Broncos secondary. But the safeties, in my honest opinion, we talked about it in our safety or our defensive backfield review, they didn't play as great as the Broncos needed them to. Darian Stewart, great in the run, but liability in the pass coverage. Justin Simmons, Absolutely phenomenal young talent. He he had bits and pieces. He showed spurts of really great plays, and then he also had a lot of inconsistencies in terms of tackling, coming up and stopping the run, and also in the pass coverage game. And I I don't, I don't necessarily I think Justin Simmons deserves some criticism on that, but I think the Broncos scheme 
put a lot of the players out of position. Now, a lot of people are talking about the Broncos' desperate need to you know, bring in an inside linebacker. If you can get in free agency, C.J. Mosley, absolutely. That, that's a really good deal. But don't undervalue the fact that the Broncos' inside linebackers actually played pretty well outside of biting on play-action fakes this year. I think Josie Jewell, people were saying, well, in Fangio's defense, you need to have a cover linebacker. I think Josie Jewell can be that guy. I, don't, I, I hope I'm not the only one. Shoot me your feedback at Cody Work NFL, whether or not Josie Jewell can be a cover linebacker for the Broncos. I thought he was very underrated in coverage this year. I thought he was very aggressive in the run stop, and I also thought he was better in the pass cover game than the Broncos had at inside linebacker. I think Todd Davis also is a guy that was more suited to stop the run. And I think the Broncos, when they went a little bit more of their dime package, you know, you brought in Will Parks, you brought in Sua Cravens. Sua Cravens didn't have the year anybody wanted, um, had expected from him. Obviously, starting off the year on injured reserve with an injury designation to return, he came back and just had a lot of rust, didn't play the rest of the season due to a coach's decision, you know, and that was his thing. When he was in the game, he really struggled covering the tight end, and, you know, and, and that's just the honest criticism there he's got a lot he's got to do a lot to get better will he be on the Broncos 2019 I don't know I have no idea but you know Will Parks DeMonte Thomas two guys that really stepped up for them this year and that's going to be an interesting thing um, I, ho- I hope to see them grow going forward I'd love to see DeMonte Thomas stay in Denver you know I, I want to see Will Parks continue to establish into a great young player that has a lot of talent I mean he's got a ton of talent his contributions to the Broncos this year couldn't be stated enough he came in and he filled the void and, and essentially without his play that he made against the Pittsburgh Steelers I don't think the Broncos win that game that great effort play so we'll park keeping a will over here at the lockdown Broncos podcast we'll return next season once the Broncos get in everything and we, we're going to be at training camp we're going to be doing a lot of other things as well coming up here in segment number three we're going to talk about Von Miller a little bit we're going to talk about some other Broncos related news on this beautiful Friday just a day and a half two days away from the Super Bowl so we're going to have you covered over here at the Lockdown Broncos podcast but before we get into that I got to remind you guys to go to Twitter today follow the Lockdown Broncos podcast follow me at Cody Rourke NFL follow my co-host Cameron Parker at Cameron Parker PO we got a lot of great stuff coming out for you guys in February, a short month. So we got to really crank it out. Anytime a Lockdown Broncos episode publishes, please retweet it, share it, favorite, create a post about it, share it with your family and friends, expand the word of Lockdown Broncos, Broncos country once again, proven why they are some of the best fans in the business. And I absolutely appreciate you guys. The Lockdown Broncos podcast couldn't be what it is without the fans of the show. Alrighty, we're getting into our final segment here before we hit the road here on a beautiful Friday here in Colorado or wherever you're at. You don't have to be just be in Colorado. We have listeners all the way in Ireland. We have listeners in the Ukraine. We have listeners all the way in the Republic of Korea. So I want to thank everybody wherever you're at for tuning into Lockdown Broncos podcast. We're going to finish it up here. Uh, Von Miller, you know, Von Miller did a lot of work with the media. You know, apparently there's going to be a Von Miller commercial here during the Super Bowl with Old Spice. It's going to be something. Uh, he, he did a little preview, a little teaser of it. Um, and I look forward to seeing, obviously, what the finished product is. But Von Miller continued to make a big name for himself. He's a, he's a very big part of the Broncos franchise. And he also took the time to talk to the media and the NFL Network about, you know, some of the comments that were made earlier. You know, I, I think it escalated with that blog post that was created. John Elway's comments got taken out of context a little bit. But it's still a situation that people are addressing 
in the media. And, and that's one of the craziest things about it is it just continues to, people continue to talk about it. But Von Miller came out and had a lot of high praise for Coach Fangio, saying that he loved it when Coach Fangio said that he could get better on the playing field. And I, I think that, you know, that's not a slight to Von Miller. I, for some reason, people thought that Coach Fangio saying Von Miller could play better was an insult to him. Every player could play better. Von Miller could play better. You know, there's some things a lot of people talk about, you know, some plays where Von Miller's effort might, you know, he might take a couple plays off here and there. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I got I, I watch a lot of film. I haven't seen a lot of whiffing on terms of Von Miller's part. I see Von Miller working a lot because he's constantly fighting double teams, triple teams, chip blocks from the tight end or the running back out of the backfield. Von Miller's got to do a lot of things. And my only hope for Von Miller 2019 is that he doesn't have to drop back in coverage. I hope that every single game, all game, he can pass rush the quarterback, get to there and be one of those edge stopping rush defenders that we've seen. And he's one of the best in the business in terms of run support off the edge. He's a great line, a lot of tackles for losses. But Von Miller, you know, accepting that. He's like, you know, I, I love the fact that I have a coach that says I can come in and I can play better. I can give more to the team than I am. And and think about that. You know, Von Miller's production this season with 14 sacks, that was huge. That was absolutely huge for the Broncos. And so for him to come in and say, I could do even better. I mean, that sets the bar even higher. And, and to really talk about what Vic Fangio says in terms of his defensive philosophy, I mean, I think it was important too that Wade Phillips also gave a lot of high praise to Vic Fangio. Wade Phillips came out today, and we know Wade Phillips as one of the greatest defense corners in the National Football League. Wade Phillips came in and said that the Broncos hired, and I quote, the best defensive coordinator in the league. So a lot of high praise from Wade Phillips for his former team and obviously on Vic Fangio and what he can do with that Broncos defense. I think we're going to see a lot of good things. I'm very optimistic. I I can't wait to see what the on-field product is. I can't wait to be there on the sideline watching all the action at training camp. Hope to catch out, you know, obviously some, some, you know, meals, some photos, some discussions with fans. After training camp, would love to meet up with some listeners of Lockdown Broncos, maybe even do a remote podcast somewhere. But we're going to be there at training camp up close and personal watching as the Vic Fangio era begins in Denver. Uh, Some other Broncos-related news today. Nikki Jabvala of The Athletic had reported, per the National Football League Players Association, the Broncos have chosen to carry over all of the $8 million in unused cap space that they didn't use from last year into the 2019 season. Per estimation, this will give the Broncos about 43, almost $44 million of cap space to work with this offseason. They could restructure some deals and they could also make some moves for some big name free agents. And honestly, they have more cap space heading into this offseason than the year that they did when they acquired Emmanuel Sanders, Aqib Tlaib, TJ Ward, and Demarcus Ware. Think about that. That is going to be a huge thing for this Broncos team. I'm very excited about it. So far, the moves have been good. A lot of optimism in Broncos country, but Broncos country still sticking to their guns that you know we got to see the on-field product and rightfully so you know that's something we all have to wait for so hey want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the locked on broncos podcast hope you enjoyed the intro music i like starting things off with a little bit of an upbeat tempo as well and obviously as our closing music plays want to thank you guys for tuning in as always to the show we couldn't do it without you Head on over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Tell us why you love the show. Why, If it's a five-star experience, why is it a five-star experience? What can we do to get better? Always love constructive criticism, some feedback. Appreciate it. Broncos fans, 
You guys are the best in the nation and Broncos country. You know, we're not going to say Broncos nation because that is absolutely false. We're not the Boise State Broncos, but we are Broncos country and they have the best fans in all of the nation. So I want to thank you guys tuning in once again for another episode of the show. We'll see you on Monday following Super Bowl 53 with our Super Bowl 53 recap through the lens of the Denver Broncos. Cameron and I have you covered as well. Have a good weekend and this is the only time you can go for any other team besides the Broncos. Go Rams.